and persecution at the hands of the Nazis and the Hitler Youth. Bert was 18 when his parents were deported to a death camp in 1942, leaving him to work as a forced laborer for the Nazis in a Berlin munitions factory. Milita Maschmann In 1918, Milita Maschmann was born in Berlin, Germany. When Hitler came to power, her parents forbade her to join the Bund Deutscher Mädel, or BDM, the girls' branch of the Hitler Youth. Convinced that Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party would better Germany, 15-year-old Milita disobeyed her parents and sneaked out to weekly BDM meetings. Henry Metelmann Born in 1922, Henry Metelmann lived in the small town of Altona near Hamburg in northwest Germany. Despite his father's disapproval, he joined the Hitler Youth. When war broke out in 1939, 16-year-old Henry was eager to fight. He became a tank driver and saw action in France, Russia, Poland, and Austria. Herbert Norkus Herbert Norkus was born in 1916 and lived with his father and younger brother in Moabit, an impoverished Berlin neighborhood. His mother forbade him to join the Hitler Youth, but after her death in 1931, 14-year-old Herbert joined. He campaigned to get Nazis elected to office. Karl-Heinz Schnibbe Karl-Heinz Schnibbe was born in 1924 in Hamburg, Germany. He thought the Hitler Youth sounded like a great deal of fun, so he joined eagerly when the Nazis enlisted eligible boys in his neighborhood. However, he soon tired of the rules and discipline. With his two best friends, Helmut Hübener and Rudi Wobbe, Karl protested the Nazi regime. Elisabeth Vetter Elisabeth Vetter was born in 1931 and attended a Catholic school in Rötz, a village in southeastern Germany, near the Czechoslovakian border. When Elisabeth was eight, her mother and father scolded her for her loyalty to Adolf Hitler. Elisabeth told her Hitler youth leaders on her parents, an action that led to their arrest. Rudolf Rudi Wobbe Rudolf Rudi Wobbe was born in 1926 in Hamburg, Germany. Along with Karl Schnibbe and Helmut Hübener, 15-year-old Rudi listened to foreign radio broadcasts and distributed anti-Nazi leaflets. Inge Hans and Sophie Scholl The Scholl children lived with their parents in Ulm, a small town near Stuttgart in southern Germany. The oldest, Inge Scholl, was born in 1917 and was 16 when Adolf Hitler came to power. Inge and her two brothers and two sisters joined the Hitler Youth eagerly, despite their father's misgivings. Inge's younger brother Hans Scholl, born in 1918, commanded a unit of 150 boys, but soon rebelled against the conformity and loss of individual rights. Hans's younger sister Sophie Scholl shared his feelings. Born in 1921, Sophie loved Germany, but also detested the lost freedoms under the Nazi regime. While students at the University of Munich, Hans and Sophie joined with others in a dangerous campaign against Hitler, the Nazis, and the war. Introduction The Bloody Handprint The Murder of Herbert Norkus
Sunday, January 24, 1932. It was a typical raw, dark, wintry morning in Moabit, a drab industrial section of Berlin, the capital of Germany. It was early, not yet five o'clock, but 15-year-old Herbert Norkus was already up, hurriedly dressing. Herbert buttoned the brown shirt of his Hitler Youth uniform and slipped the swastika armband onto his forearm. He grabbed his winter coat and soft, peaked brown trench cap before rushing out of the service quarters on the factory grounds where he lived with his father and younger brother. His father worked as a stoker at the factory, barely earning enough to make ends meet. His mother had died the year before after a long illness. Herbert belonged to the Hitlerjugend, or Hitler Youth, an organization of teenagers dedicated to Adolf Hitler. Hitler was the leader of the rising National Socialist Party, known as the Nationalsozialistische Deutsche Arbeiterpartei, or Nazis for short. Mrs. Norkus had forbidden Herbert to join the Hitler Youth, calling it too dangerous. But she had feared the communists, or Reds, even more. She warned Herbert to keep himself distant from the Reds, said Gerhard Mont, a Hitler Youth leader. Bloody street fights often erupted between the Nazis and the communists. But after Mrs. Norkus died in 1931, Herbert's father relented and gave his son permission to join the Hitler Youth. Mr. Norkus believed that the Hitler Youth would be good for Herbert, especially after his mother's death. He hoped that the group would lift his son's spirits, help him make new friends, and instill a sense of discipline in him. It did. On weekends, Herbert and the Hitler Youth hiked and camped in the countryside. With the Marine Jungschar, the naval branch of the Hitler Youth, Herbert boated on the waters in Tetlow Park in eastern Berlin. Herbert also enjoyed distributing leaflets throughout the Berlin neighborhoods. The Propagandaplitz, as the Hitler Youth called it, spread information about the Nazi party. It was dangerous work, but Herbert took the Nazis' creed of self-sacrifice seriously. That morning, as Herbert passed the crumbling brick tenement buildings and treeless courtyards, he watched out for Reds. There was no telling when a Red might jump out of nowhere to pick a fight. More than once, Herbert had escaped serious injury by outwitting or outrunning his attackers. Quick on his feet, he often dashed across the Jungfernbridge and hid in the pine forest around the new Johannes Cemetery. Soon, Herbert found his unit, about 15 in all. Gerhard Mond handed each boy a stack of leaflets and cautioned them to be on ready alert. The boys paired off for safety and fanned out in separate directions. Herbert and his friend Johannes Kirsch worked their way up and down the streets, stuffing flyers into tenement mailboxes and doorways. As they left one dark tenement and headed toward another, they spotted a group of about 40 boys standing a short distance away. At once, Herbert realized that the boys were reds. Cautiously, he and Johannes headed toward the next house, prepared to run if necessary. Suddenly, footsteps rang on the pavement behind them. Stand still, warned one of the communist youths. But Johannes stubbornly dropped a flyer into the doorway. Infuriated, the red leaped at Johannes, striking him squarely in the back. Johannes stumbled but regained his footing. 
he darted into the darkness and ducked behind a large garbage can. Herbert also sped off down the street, trailed by the communist gang. Turning the corner, he spotted a milk store, its windows brightly lit. He rushed over and banged on the door, hollering for help. A night watchman opened the door and, possibly because he spotted the other boys, slammed it shut. As Herbert raced to the next building, the boys caught up to him. They pounced on him, knocking him to the pavement. Herbert fought, punching and kicking. Breaking away, he scrambled to his feet and ran to another building. Hollering for help, he pounded on door after door. No one answered. Once more, the Reds cornered Herbert. They grabbed him and threw him to the ground, stabbing him six times. Despite his wounds, Herbert fought wildly and somehow managed to break away. Leaving a bloody trail, he stumbled toward a lighted window. He pounded on the door. Inside, Marie Jobs was awakened by the commotion. She hurried to the door and saw her mother bent over a crumpled body. It was Herbert, collapsed in the corridor, his bloodied handprint on the brick wall. Help me, he gasped. I've been attacked. The communist gang fled. Marie's mother called a taxi. Herbert was rushed to the emergency room at Moabit Municipal Hospital, but it was too late. Herbert died shortly after admittance. Outraged by the brutal murder of a 15-year-old boy, Nazi party leaders staged an elaborate military funeral for Herbert Norkos. For 24 hours, his Hitler Youth comrades provided a guard of honor. On January 27, 1932, Herbert's comrades draped his coffin with the Hitler Youth flag and the Marine Jungschar flag. Hundreds of Hitler followers turned out for the...